Have you tried everything from natural to pharmaceutical just to get a good night's rest? Join me, Martha Lewis, certified sleep expert and functional health coach, as I unpack what's really keeping you up at night and how to change it. This is the Sleep Detective Podcast, and I'm going to show you how to sleep well so you can enjoy your life. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode. I am so excited to get to bring you this conversation that I am going to have with my friend Martha, who is a sleep consultant, a sleep expert. I mentioned a while back in another episode that she was coming on and she's finally here and we're so excited. Thank you, Martha. Help us sleep. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, would you just kind of lead in with a little bit about yourself and I don't know, a little bit about, you know, what got you into this work of helping people sleep? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that, yeah, this would be my career path, but it has become that. I was always a great sleeper throughout my life until late pregnancy when my sleep, yeah, I totally had insomnia. I couldn't sleep, couldn't fall asleep. And I was miserable. And But I figured it was just hormones and there wasn't anything I could do about it. But my sleep issues didn't go away after my son was born. He was a horrible sleeper. I ended up hiring a sleep consultant to help with his sleep. And then I became a pediatric sleep consultant to help parents with their kids sleep. And then, so my son was sleeping through the night and I still wasn't sleeping. And for me, like I would try to go to bed early because I was so tired, but it would take me forever to fall asleep. And then like clockwork every night, I would wake up around three and three or four in the morning and be up for two hours. Um, And I could finally go back to sleep around six, but that's when my son was waking up for the day. So I am very sensitive to sleep deprivation and I was just, I was so miserable and I felt like a fraud because here I am, like I'm helping people with, with their kids sleep and I'm not sleeping. So yeah, it, it was a long journey of two years of trying all the things, doing a lot of research. And luckily, because I had been in the health and wellness space, I stumbled across someone who was doing this functional lab testing for insomnia. And it just, I just had this epiphany, like this just makes so much sense. There's something more going on because I'm following all, I call it the sleep rules or, you know, I'm doing all the sleep hygiene. I've been working on the mental part of not sleeping. Like I already had a certification in adult sleep at that point and those things weren't enough. So it made sense that there was something more going on. Mm -hmm. And so I got to do the lab testing. It turned out I had a parasite I had hormone imbalance. I had heavy metal toxicity. I had food sensitivities. So I had all these things that explained why I wasn't sleeping. And once I started correcting those, I started sleeping better and better. And so now that's what I'm passionate about helping other people with. Yeah, absolutely. As we were just talking about, even before we hit record, like not sleeping well impacts so much. I feel like I've personally been experiencing that a lot this last year. Like um, my kiddos are kind of in that, like, you know, I have a two and a half year old and a three and a half year old. And specifically my two and a half year old's kind of going through this period right now where she's a little bit afraid, like some fear coming out, like afraid of the dark, afraid of her room. And that of course leads her to like coming in our room and waking us up. And then it's a whole thing. And she wants us in the room with her. And it's just, 
it's hard. And then I've like noticed, you know, how that uh, I've seen this with my clients and then like personally experiencing, you know, when you don't sleep well, and I'm also very sensitive to lack of sleep, I don't function well and you're grumpier and then you're, you don't have the energy to like get out and move your body. And then that doesn't feel good. And I would imagine that this is like a cycle too, where it's like, you don't feel good. You're not exercising, you're not eating great. And that impacts your sleep. And it's just like, you can kind of get sucked into this like vortex of just totally good, not feeling good. And then like not making good habits. So yeah, but it just impacts so much of our lives. Yeah. It definitely affects our energy and like you're saying, being irritable. So that's going to affect our relationships, right? Especially with those closest to us. And it affects our work because it affects our focus and concentration and even motivation. Like I was trying to build my business at the time. And I mean, there were many days I just didn't do anything because I, I was too tired and exhausted and totally unmotivated. So yeah, it does affect everything. And I think some people just kind of get to this place where they feel like they've tried all the things and nothing's worked. Like you were saying, like you do all the like, you know, turn your lights down and, you know, all the sleep hygiene stuff people talk about. Don't look at your phone and, you know, do the essential oils. Maybe. I don't know, like doing all those things. And then they try everything. And I know I've talked to a number of clients who, are, you know, have struggled with insomnia and they're like, it's like they've accepted this is just how it is. This is just how it's got to be. And that's not what you say. (laughs) No, that is. Yeah, that's my message is you do not have to live with this. Like there is a reason that you aren't sleeping and we can find out what that is. Like we because we are meant to sleep well. If you think about it, like we as humans have evolved for tens of thousands of years without getting rid of our need to to sleep, to spend a third of our lives asleep. That's how important it is. So it's what we're meant to do. And so I see it as when your body is healthy and in balance, you sleep well and you have energy and, you know, you don't have other symptoms as well. So not being able to sleep is just a sign that your body isn't totally healthy. And this is even if you care about your health and, you know, you are eating right and exercising all and all those things like many of my clients are and like I was. And so it's maddening when you're doing all the right things and, you know, your partner can eat whatever they want and be on screens before bed and do all the wrong things and still sleep fine. My husband's the opposite. He's like, got to have the whole routine, but I'm, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there is a reason why you aren't sleeping. It just means there's something in your body that's out of balance that isn't right. So, yeah. Well, could you like, I, I think this might be interesting like, why is sleep even important? Like, can you like talk a little bit about even like, why do we need sleep? I know what I think about is I remember one time I heard about this, um, like, is it a, is it a disease, but something that is like super rare where you just like stop sleeping and it actually le- like it leads to death because like yeah. sleep is so important. So tell yeah. us like, why do we need sleep? Well, there are, I mean, there are so many reasons which researchers will say we don't even know all the reasons that we need sleep. Mm -hmm. But I mean, so much repair happens while we're sleeping, first of all, in like every system in our body. So obviously, if you aren't sleeping enough, that isn't happening. You know, your body wants to stay in balance, but it's going to have a really hard time when it's not given that rest it needs to repair itself. You know, there are, I mean, that's how we remember things. So, It's during the different sleep stages where 
everything that we happen that happened to us during the day, it kind of gets sorted and filtered. And then things get moved to long-term storage that the brain thinks are important. So like there have been all these studies done on college kids taking exams and getting sleep versus not getting sleep and how much better they do when they actually get sleep. So Mm -hmm. because that's how we remember things. Um, There are also like a lot of waste and toxins are cleared away while we sleep. So for example, like the plaques that are shown to cause Alzheimer's. That's cleared away while we're sleeping. So that's why lack of sleep can lead to dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that over time. And a lot of things are regulated while we sleep, including like blood sugar was something I think would be good to talk about. You know, our glucose regulation happened. So many other, so many other things are being regulated like that. So for many different reasons, <laughs> that's why we need sleep. Yeah. So then like thinking about that, when we aren't sleeping well, you know, we're not going to have like our brain's not going to be functioning right. Um, You know, in I would guess like short term, but also you were saying long term, just like general, just like repair of certain things in our bodies. So I'm guessing like even like immune function is going to be decreased when we're not sleeping well, detoxification. And then, yeah, let's talk about the blood sugar regulation and how because this is something that I see with my clients too. You know, we've I had I was sharing with you one client who was just like noticing, you know, she was like, I'm like craving refined carbs and sugars, and I'm not feeling motivated to exercise. And once we figured out it was because she was not getting good quality sleep. And we did a little bit of some shifting with her her sleep schedule that had her waking up and feeling more energized and that those cravings actually went away and she was like, you know, not feeling like she needed to snack all the time. And I even noticed this for myself. Like when I don't sleep well, I want a lot more like sugary foods and processed foods. And just my theory is, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, but my theory is like the body is kind of depleted and it wants like the lowest, like the thing that takes the least energy to get into your system, like the fast, like that's like your fast processed foods and sugar, which is like going to give you that quick boost of energy. And that's like what it craves, just like mm-hmm. intuitively, because it like needs that energy, but it's exactly. like kind of counterproductive there. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So it's another one of those cycle things where poor sleep affects blood sugar, poor blood sugar balance affects sleep. And so it's all, it's all very connected. So when we start of at, okay, what happens when you don't get enough sleep? And this is whether, you know, you can't sleep or you aren't prioritizing sleep or, you know, you just you didn't get enough sleep for whatever reason is it. I mean, that is a stressor on the body. So the body releases cortisol, which puts energy into your cells. And so then your blood sugar can spike really high. Then your body releases insulin to lower blood sugar, which makes it lower really low then you your body craves those that quick energy exactly like you're talking about cuz it it's always trying to get in balance but it's on this extreme roller coaster when it shouldn't be so yeah so it makes you crave that quick energy and then your body also releases cortisol again which puts energy in your cells so then your blood sugar spikes up again and you're yeah and you're just on that extreme roller coaster now 
besides cortisol, sleep deprivation also affects our hunger hormones. So ghrelin is the hormone that tells us that we're hungry and leptin is the one that tells us that we're full. And studies have shown that when we get less sleep than we need, then ghrelin increases and leptin decreases. And so we totally feel hungrier, even though we're not expending more energy. <laughs> and so they found that people will eat up to 300 calories more a day when they're sleep deprived versus when they're not, with everything else being the same, activity levels and everything else. So yeah, so that lack of sleep is totally messing with our hunger signals as well. So it's mm -hmm. you know, creating these cravings because our body wants that quick energy, but that's not the kind of foods that are actually going to nourish our body and balance our blood sugar. I think that's so helpful to know. I know like I I remember I shared this some I think it was on social media at one point where I was like, you know, sometimes sometimes I notice like when I, when I feel hungry, sometimes it's actually actually I'm just really tired. And it's like like I think that's really interesting that your body actually has more ghrelin that that's why it's not that you're necessarily hungry but like you feel that sense of hunger because of just like that lack of I don't know like lack of sleep and how that impacts your hormones but I think that's so helpful for people to just kind of know because I know anytime that I don't get a lot of sleep one night I kind of anticipate that the next day I might feel more hungry when I'm not actually hungry. And just that awareness and that information can help guide my decisions for how how and what I eat. And, you know, you can kind of like feel like you can go into it and know like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be more hungry today. I'm going to I'm going to be craving a lot more processed foods, carbs, sugars, all of that. But what I actually need is more protein. Um as opposed to those other foods, you know? So, yeah. 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 I think it's, I think it's powerful to know that. And just to expand on what you just said, it can help if you know that, you know, you've had a poor night's sleep and maybe you are craving something in the morning to have a lot of protein, especially for breakfast, will help minimize those cravings and get your blood sugar more balanced. So, yeah. So that's a good thing to, to know. Yeah. Sure. Can you talk about just some things that you see that commonly impact our sleep negatively? I know, you know, we were talking before about how I think the common knowledge is like, you know, the screen usage, the like, you know, TV watching or whatever, like super stimulating brain stimulating stuff. But I know that you talk a lot about other things that are maybe even more so at the root of people's sleep issues. So can you talk a little bit about what you see as like the common reasons people struggle with sleep? Yeah, definitely. So there are lots of possibilities here, so I'm not going to get into all of them, but I'll just say quickly, like many different imbalances in the body that you don't even know are there. So I call them hidden, hidden imbalances can affect sleep. So blood sugar is one of them. Gut health is another hormone imbalance liver detox issues, mineral imbalance, heavy metals and other toxins, mold toxicity, neurotransmitter imbalance. So there are, you know, there are a lot of different things, which I know can be overwhelming. So let's break it down to the three most common things that I see. First of all, the number one that I do want to talk about again is blood sugar. And I want to explain how that affects sleep. Cause we, we talked about how sleep can affect blood sugar, mm -hmm. but when you are, let's say that 
first of all, maybe you aren't sleep deprived, but you start your day with a cup of coffee and a pastry. So your blood sugar is going to spike really high, like, like I talked about. Insulin's going to lower it. You're going to crave bad foods and your body's going to release cortisol, which is going to raise it again. So you're on that extreme roller coaster. If that's happening all day, that's going to continue into the night. So again, when your blood sugar drops too low, your body releases cortisol. It's fine if that's happening during the day. That's not fine if that's happening at night because cortisol is our stress hormone. It makes us alert. It um, gives us energy. It raises our heart rate and blood pressure and body temperature. So you don't want your body to be releasing cortisol at night. So that's why it's so important to have more steady blood sugar levels throughout the day. And so that's an easy thing that is kind of like low-hanging fruit for people. Like you can go to a drugstore and get a glucometer for less than $50 and start testing your blood sugar and see if that's what is an issue. Um, and, you know, some of my clients are able to get continuous glucose monitors, which are available by prescription, but you can get some over the counter now. And, and so then you're always, you know, we can see what your blood sugar is doing all the time. And we'll see this dip in the middle of the night when they're waking up. It's crazy how that correlates. So, mm -hmm. so that's definitely something to look into. And this is even if you're a healthy weight, even if you eat healthy and eat balanced meals, your blood sugar can still be out of balance. So if you aren't sleeping, I highly suggest starting there because that's something that you can do on your own. Yeah. Other things I see definitely have to do with gut health. So if you have a pathogen in your gut, so like I had a parasite that I think I got from traveling in Nepal and <laughs> India 13 years before, but pathogens like parasites, like bad bacterial overgrowth, like candida, which is a kind of yeast, all of those creatures are nocturnal. And so it's the middle of the night that they are eating and excreting and releasing all these toxins, which I know freaks some people out. So uh -huh. creepy, right? <laughs> so when they're doing this, this causes all this inflammation. Well, cortisol is also an anti-inflammatory hormone. So mm -hmm. body's going to release cortisol to deal with all of that inflammation and it's going to wake you up. And we can see this too on like, I run what's called a Dutch test that looks at sex hormones and liver function and also your cortisol pattern. Like my cortisol was through the roof in the middle of the night from that parasite, but totally explained why I wasn't sleeping. So a lot of times we can see that on the test results that that's what's going on. Another reason gut health is so important is we need enough good bacteria in our gut. They actually make up to 90% of our neurotransmitters. So serotonin and GABA, especially that help us feel calm and relaxed and able to sleep, we need, we need our guts to be healthy to be doing that. And then, you know, if your gut wall is damaged, which is what is called leaky gut, where toxins and undigested food proteins and things like that are kind of leaking through the gut wall into the bloodstream, that again causes this inflammation causes your body to constantly release cortisol, including in the night. And so that can wake you up as well. So gut health is so important. And I, I always say like none of my clients have a healthy gut. Um, I think anyone with any symptoms doesn't have a healthy gut. For some people, it's 90% of the problem. For others, it's not, you know, because mm -hmm. again, there are all these other imbalances that can also lead to sleep issues, but it's always a piece of the puzzle for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because I know that like our gut is so directly correlated to some of these other parts too. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Gut gut health affects everything else. I mean, everything in the body is connected. So yeah, that's why I think it's so important to look at the big picture of what's going on. And I don't just do a gut test and say, oh, well, that's it. Because if you also have other imbalances going on, then that's not going to be enough. So yeah, the third thing I want to mention, because, you know, I think your audience is mostly women. And so hormone imbalance can have a lot to do with sleep as well. So low estrogen, low progesterone. So this is why so many, so many of us struggle with sleep in perimenopause and menopause because those hormones are, are decreasing. But I do think that it's possible to sleep well during those times. Like I'm in perimenopause, I'm sleeping great. So yes, our hormones are going to go down, but it's a matter of them being in balance with each other and them not going down too drastically. And so, yeah, so hormone imbalance can have a lot to do with it. And another thing I see too in my clients, men and women actually, is estrogen dominance, where <laughs> estrogen is higher than progesterone in women or testosterone in men. And that can lead directly to sleep issues too. And that's usually from the liver not like being overburdened and not being able to break down those hormones and other toxins that it's supposed to. So that estrogen builds up. So that's another common pattern that I see in people with sleep issues. Absolutely. I mean, all of that makes so much sense. And I think that I was just thinking too about, you know, people are coming to you for the sleep stuff, but then also like, because you're, you know, you and I are both like, I want to get to the real root of like, why for my people, it's like, why are you struggling with like overeating and like feeling out of control with food for you. It's like, why are you struggling with, with sleep actually getting to the root problem? But, you know, for you, it's like, they're coming to you for sleep, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm like 99% sure they're also going to see such a change in their health as a whole, just like across yeah. the board. And, you know, I see that too for my people, but just like the, the benefit of actually getting to the root of the problem here. And yeah, so let's talk about like some best practices. I know that, or I'm guessing this is dependent on like, you know, when you you do lab testing with your clients and what you find through that lab testing, but are you able to share just kind of some best practices for each of those common things that are like the root issue for people with sleep and just like in general even? Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I already talked about blood sugar, so that is definitely a place to start for sure. Also, I mean, one thing I haven't mentioned specifically is all of my clients also need liver support. Like their livers aren't detoxing properly. Those toxins are building up, causing this inflammation. So really, you know, supplementing for liver support, making sure you're minimizing toxins in your environment. So that can mean eating organic food, drinking high quality filtered water. Like, you know, a refrigerator, pure Brita filters aren't quite enough to, to filter out heavy metals and things like that. Using more natural personal care products and cleaning products, all of that can make such a big difference. I mean, supposedly we are exposed to 10,000 chemicals a day in our environment. And it has not always been like this. It's been since the Industrial Revolution that these chemicals have been, have become so part of 
our daily lives and how we're exposed to everything. So minimizing toxins is huge. And then doing other things to support the liver, like taking Epsom salt baths, possibly using castor oil packs, drinking warm water with lemon juice, especially first thing in the morning, that helps stimulate bile production in the liver. So which is how toxin, one way that toxins are excreted from the body. So yeah, so really supporting the liver is always so important. And then I will say eating an anti-inflammatory diet. And so that means, of course, avoiding that refined sugar, refined flour, especially alcohol also causes a lot of inflammation and even gluten and dairy. Most of my clients, not everyone, but most of them are sensitive to those foods because their guts aren't healthy. So diet has such a huge impact. Like I always say, you can't out supplement a bad diet. So yeah, supplements, I do recommend supplements and they are amazing and can really help correct deficiencies and things like that, but they aren't the only way. So, or they aren't the only important thing. <clears throat> diet is definitely important. So yeah, that's definitely what I would start with. Okay. Yeah. I love those tips. I'm just like thinking about the person who's listening to this and they're like, man, that's like a laundry list of things I need to change. Right. And I want to even just say like, this is, if you're noticing, like if you are struggling with sleep, I don't think, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but not everyone needs to just like do a whole overhaul. This is like supportive of, you know, this is kind of where we want to use a little bit of that. Like, I always like teach my clients, you know, this doesn't have to come from this place of like restriction and like feeling really heavy, like getting to this place where this is empowering. This is like you making these decisions from this empowered place because it's going to care for your body. I think mindset is so huge when it comes to like actually carrying out this. Cause I just know from my, myself and my own experience, like I, in the past had this tendency of just like going very all or nothing with it. And it's like, well, and then feeling shame and feeling guilty for not following all the quote rules here. So I would love, could you, could you speak to that a little bit? Like how, how do we, how do we do this and how do we do this? And like, you know, if we are struggling with sleep and we want to make some of these changes, how do we do this in a way that we can be, you know, that can be sustainable, that we can be consistent with, that's also not going to like take away from our life and just like enjoying our life. Can you, can you share any insight there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is a lot. And that's why, you know, we, like in my program, we offer six months of support, for example. And we, you know, I don't say make all these changes at once. That's going to be yeah. definitely overwhelming. That's where I go. It's like, you tell me what to yeah. do. I, I got to like right. check the boxes off today. <laughs> yeah. But I honestly think that for someone who's struggling with sleep and has health issues like that, it can help to be more strict for a period of time. This is what I tell people. Like if they're having a hard time, like let's commit to 30 days or let's commit to 90 days, ideally. And like, we're going to do everything we can at once to get your body back in balance. So yeah. we're going to be looking at diet, at exercise, at our habits, at supplements. And then after that, it's not, the goal isn't to just be like that forever. Then I believe more in the 80-20 rule. And, you know, unless someone has celiac disease, obviously, then they're not going to be eating gluten. But then it doesn't have to be that strict. But I think when we're talking about restoring health, it is going to help to have this period of time where we 
decrease inflammation in the body as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that is diet, part of it's, okay, where, you know, are there pathogens? Are there heavy metals? Like, you know, let's also decrease those. And yes, mindset is so important. I mean, I've been gluten-free for five years. I don't think it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do it because I know I'm sensitive. I also have thyroid issues. Like autoimmune thyroid, by the way, is really linked to gluten sensitivity. So it's just something that I don't have. I still eat really well. I, d- I don't usually feel deprived. I don't know. I think that we can have these. It is a restriction, right? But it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. And still enjoy food. And I think it's really powerful to know from test results that you're sensitive to something or, you know, that that's food isn't good for you. Like that's a lot more motivating than just being like, oh, I know I shouldn't have this, but I don't really know why. Like, oh, no, this shows that this is damaging your gut by eating this. Anyway, yeah. And it's important to, to yes, to have support in doing this and to work on the mindset about it and all of that. Yeah. I love that you shared that because I think you're right. Like the knowledge piece is so powerful and it really is like, and I asked that question just because of like, I just know my people or, you know, what we talk about here. And then also like just thinking about how they're thinking. And I think so many of my, my people here listening kind of are coming from like almost like burnt out from all of this stuff because they took it with this like very restricted mindset And what I want to try to help them see is that like, it's really, it is about your mindset going into it. And as you were talking about like, yeah, in the beginning for the first 30 to 90 days, you know, you need to be pretty strict about it and like, you know, pretty consistent with the, the protocol. I mean, it's just like if you say had, I don't know, diabetes and you had to have a diabetes medicine and you had to like have that medicine, like. You had to do take insulin or whatever it is, like pretty strictly. Like there's that option, or there's the option of like being a little bit strict with your diet for the first bit. And it's like, what do you want to choose? I don't know. That's how I thought about it too. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that we haven't talked about? We talked about, you know, why we need sleep, common things that you see that impact our sleep, just some best practices. Is there anything else that we missed that we haven't talked about? that we should? I don't think so. I think this is so good. It gives people a really good, I think is really informative for people. Cause like we, like we said at the beginning, I think a lot of people think, Oh, you know what? I just am not going to be able to sleep for the rest of my life. And no one needs to live like that. I mean, that is miserable. (laughs) I just, I'm, as I said, I'm in this period where it's like sleep is kind of iffy right now for me too. And I'm like, when are we going to get out of this? But maybe a question that I have is like, you know, when it's more circumstantial, Mm -hmm. like with, like with young kids or, you know, do you have any advice for that as far as sleep goes? Yeah. I mean, I think it's do the best you can and give yourself a lot of grace, you know, same with having a newborn, like there's no you're going to have a newborn and not unless you can, you know, hire a night nurse or something. But otherwise, (laughs) like most of us, when we have babies, you're going to be missing out on sleep. And so short term, you know, sleep deprivation like that isn't isn't going to be permanently harmful. It's yeah, it's just what we have to do. But I think it's sleeping when you can. It's, you know, it's it's taking a nap if you can 30 minutes. Your body. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Listen to your body. If you're tired, 
in the early afternoon instead of reaching for a cup of coffee or a pastry, like your body actually wants a nap. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. if you can just lie down for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, even if you don't fall asleep, when I wasn't sleeping well, I would still feel so much better after that. So I think it's just listening to your body, giving it what it needs and mm-hmm. keeping in mind that it's all temporary. And if it's not temporary with your kids, then, you know, maybe something needs to happen there. Then too. we look into the sleep consultant. Yeah, exactly. Who can help uh, with the behavioral part of kids sleep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have started doing that with the like laying down in the afternoons when I need to and just like watching a show and it's, it does make such a difference or even like, you know, maybe my workout is different after like, maybe I just go for a walk or I do like a, like a bar class and I like, don't push it too much. I'm not going to like do a crazy cycle class or like hit workout. And I think that's where that that's where that that skill of listening to your body too is so invaluable in this case. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that is a great point. I'm glad that you shared that. All righty. Well, tell everybody how we can connect with you, where they can learn more about working with you if they're like in this place right now where they've been struggling with sleep and they are ready to be done and get to the root reason of why they're struggling with sleep. Yes. So my website is thesleepdetective.com and I have a quiz on there called What's Causing Your Insomnia that will show you, is this more of a mental problem that I need to work on or are there imbalances in my body? Is this more physical? I am on Facebook as a sleep detective and Instagram as Martha Lewis Sleep Detective. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Great. I love, who doesn't love a quiz? Yeah. That's I know, so right? Awesome. And I should say I also have a podcast called The Sleep Detective. <laughs> just sleep oh. detective everywhere. Yes. I love that you're yes. the sleep detective exactly. too. That's that's very fun. All right, Martha. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today and for just imparting all your wisdom and everybody go and connect with Martha and take her quiz and reach out to her for all the support that you need with your sleep. And we'll see you again next week. Bye.